What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Justin. Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk all things experience on this one. Let's go. I feel like after being a downer for the past few weeks, I need to bring back Let's Go and just like the intro and just get back into things. Cracking it felt already. very official. Like it felt like like the season started. Like it, yeah. it almost felt like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got the intro back. I, this is real now. These are real episodes. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, yeah. the Hounds played a game, air yeah. quotes. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But first, Justin, it's been a minute. How's it going, man? Man, it's going great. January has been fun. Um, not to brag, you know, uh, but my EPL team hasn't lost a game yet in uh, January. So um, it's been pretty good. <laughs> that was coming. We, yeah, that, you know, you deserve that. That's 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 completely fair. Like, yeah. Not to brag, we have over 150 violations of FPL policy. So, you know, we're, we're, we're out doing Man City. So they can take a backseat to us on this one, too. Wait, do you really? Or is that just a joke? No. Okay. <laughs> I meant this show. I was know, like, how's that? Yeah, right. We're all sorts of violations yeah, right. of financial fair play in this show. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was crazy. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Probably nothing. So, yeah, you know, probably nothing. Kudos to them and Chelsea, who were just, you know, Steve's not here, but spending their lives away. Um, good times. Kev, how are you doing? I'm good. I, you know, a little tired today. I stayed up to watch the Grammys last night and it was, it was a good show, actually. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Any surprises for you? Uh, what, during the Grammys? Not really. Um, Beyonce won, like, she's now, like, the most decorated Grammy win like winner ever. Um, oh, Bonnie Raitt won for, like, best song? And, uh, like, everyone was kind of surprised by that. But Bonnie Raitt's awesome. Has an amazing voice. And, you know, that was cool. Uh, and I think probably one of the highlights was, I guess, Questlove curated, um, like, an ode to hip-hop after it's, like, the 50th Fire anniversary. Man. Um, and that was that was pretty cool. Uh, just like the just how much they packed in there. Uh, it was a good show. Trevor Trevor Noah hosted. He did an amazing job. And yeah, it was cool. Good, good. Josh, anything going on with you guys? Um, what did I do over the week? I no, I got nothing. I can't remember. Oh, I went to a fancy dinner. That was interesting. Someone's uh, friends of ours birthday party uh, type thing, and like it was one of those like I wish I could remember what the place was called, but it's like way out like 45 minutes away and i totally forgot the place's name but it's one of those places where you go and like it, they curate your menu like you don't get to pick what you eat mm. it's just like this is what you're getting uh so i like not making any choices i'm gonna be honest if every meal could, if i could just walk in they're like here you go i'm like all right cool thanks whatever <laughs> i'm with you i'm so with but you. Did, did you get stuff that you like though yeah it was good I, okay. there's very few foods foods i don't like it's pretty much just like I don't like beets. And one thing did have beets. That's that was, but it's okay. I still ate it. I was like, I hey, whatever. <laughs> he gave me fifty guesses. Would not have arrived on beets. That's uh... that's like the one thing I don't like. It's beets. That's it. Yeah, I've done that Doug, once yeah. before, and like the entire menu, we were like, just don't do this one thing. And it was like the entire menu was that one thing, and we're just like, oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Yeah, we'll try it. And yeah, what was the one so, thing? I now I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I just remember that it was like, we didn't make a big deal out of it, but the person we were there with was like, okay, like take this back and try again. And it was a whole thing. So I would have just dealt with it. I remember early on in our marriage, uh, Laura Ellen, one time we went to, um, she doesn't like Brussels sprouts. She never has. And uh, one time we went to, it was like the first time we really splurged on a meal, like a, you know, a hundred dollar a plate meal type place. And uh, we went, we went there and I got Brussels sprouts as the appetizer because I love Brussels sprouts. So she like tried them and she's like, nope, still don't like them. <laughs> like, come on. This is like the nicest restaurant we'll ever go to. You still don't like the Brussels sprouts. It's it is fun. what it is. It is what it is. Kind of like, you know, a uh, preseason game against Columbus where if, you know, Look if we don't you, know Mike. what happens, did it actually happen? Um, we were hoping to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who scores and who looks good. But 
uh, on the request of Columbus crew, or is it, it's just Columbus now, right? It's not the crew. I'm, I'm sort of outside that whole loop. No, the crew, of... they're still called Columbus crew. Okay. They're yeah. still the crew. They, they didn't drop their name. Okay. Um, the crew, uh, requested that all of that be kept on lock and key. Why? I, it it kind of makes sense. If you think about it from an MLS point of view, like they have players that are trial and like signings not announced yet. And like, there's still media buzz and like people trying to scout and that kind of stuff, like figure out what they, what they have. So it kind of makes sense that they don't want to show their hand before the season starts. I kind of get it. Okay. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I... <laughs> now, why Detroit does it behind closed doors, I don't know. But yeah. crew doing behind closed at least they're MLS, and I can kind of get it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, what we do have is uh, we have Bob Lilly's thoughts immediately after the game. So we're going to play that, and then we're going to discuss it and just sort of get our thoughts on what Bob had to say. So let's take a listen, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Um. It helps you make decisions. I mean, these guys need to see the level. Um, we did go entirely with, I think, only two starters played in the first 60 minute. Like, well, and one, one played 30 and the other played 30 and the other 20 guys were all. At the end, we got a few more guys in. Um, so it's more about evaluating them because it's our first game. And so, uh, for 120 minutes, I think it was good to see where we were fitness-wise, good to see where, where, where the trialists were in terms of being able to, to deal with a high-tempo game um, and making decisions under the gun, which Columbus, an MLS team is going to put you under the gun. Um, so it was, I think it was beneficial for the players as well as us as a staff in terms of, you know, we had a good first week. We were excited to come out here. and. Um, I think we all expected a little bit better, but we go back to work and we, we, we try to learn this week and, and be better for next week. Do you like starting preseason with an MLS team? To yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, the tougher it's going to be, the easier it is for me to, to make decisions because you got to be able to play under pressure on the road. Uh, and handle, you know, that speed of, 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 of play and game. And I think Columbus will be good this year. I think uh, the coach was highly successful at Montreal. And, uh, you know, they're very good in possession. They made us do a lot of chasing. And I think it's a good team that is really good for us because now we have something to chase. I feel like we know more about Columbus after that than we do the Hounds. Josh, how are you <laughs> feeling no, hearing that, you know, Bob thinks Columbus is going to be a good squad this year? Yeah, I, I originally had two takeaways when I heard this uh, when it first came out. And the, one of the takeaways was Bob thinks the crew are going to be good this year. That's that's a good sign. Like, I'm I'm, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> that's high praise from Bob. Uh, but no, I mean, the, the other takeaway, though, is I, I didn't really think about the fact that, like, the tougher the opponent the easier it is kind of to see what they have at, with these trialists. Um, it's it's a kind of a point of view I never really thought about that. Yeah, maybe it is good that we're playing like a really great team first or like someone that's, you know, we're probably going to get our butts handed to us. But at least then he can really see, you know, what these players have to offer and uh, kind of cut to the wick real fast and be like, OK, yeah, now I know what 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 these players are all about. So, yeah. Really Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, similar thoughts. I think it's, I think it is an interesting perspective to come at it and say, like, man, yeah, let's see what we got right away. Um, and maybe there's some quick decisions that are made at that point to say these guys aren't gonna, aren't gonna cut it. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, it didn't learn a whole lot other than it helps you make decisions. The way he started the clip. Yeah, Kev, did you have any takeaways from that? Not really. I mean, other than I think uh, it probably uh, kind of reveals maybe more of like the mental side of some of these trialists and players. Um, I mean, I, I think it's it's easier to assess like the physical limitations, whether it's speed, strength or whatever, um, or even just like first touch or, you know, like technique like that. Whereas, yeah, you can't really assess how 
a player is going to react when they're up against someone who is, you know, much more experienced, a professional, you know, like a professional in the MLS rather than a professional in the USL. Um, and yeah, it, it, so it put, it, it makes that more clear and obvious and that can be maybe sometimes hard to, to pull out of them in like a trialist environment or in a preseason training camp. So um, yeah, about as interesting as you can after a, after a preseason game. <laughs> yeah. A couple of notes. Um, one is they played 120 minutes that were broken into four half hour periods. So this wasn't like anybody was going a full 90 or four full, you know, even 45. So this is still very, very much preseason for both teams. Um, I thought it was interesting that Bob said that they had like two starters get minutes in like the first few halves. Um, we have team photos showing Ordonez, Biasi, and Ibarra all playing. So either Bob was miscounting or he doesn't count one of those guys as a starter, which gives me a little bit more pause heading into the season, knowing we only have 11 guys signed so far. Um, yeah. I think, you know, my other takeaway here is that I, again, there's just, you know, to get back into the curmudgeon side of things. Um, I, it's like, I, why, why do we have to go all the way up to Columbus to get a sense of how good somebody is? Like it's, you know, you look around at these other teams that are signing, uh, you know, youth internationals um, that are playing for their international teams. You have guys that have experience in the USL. They're going to step in and play well. And, you know, you've spent a week with these players to get a sense of who they are. It's been how many weeks since now, since we've signed, like, since it was confirmed that Danny Rivera is back with the team and Kiza is back with the team. We have 11 players still. It's just, I would expect more from, you know, where we're at at this point in the season. And I know that this is how more signings. You know, what do you mean more, more signings, more, more understanding of what this team is going to be. Um, you know, you look around the USL show did a, did an episode last week where it was like winners and losers of the off season. Like we can't even, we can't even be in that conversation because like we barely have enough for a starting 11 and the USL themselves put out the scariest offenses that had like three attackers on their team so far this season. And I'm like, we, we, we don't even have three to be like entered into the conversation. So I, yeah, we'll see what happens, but. Um, I think that's an interesting point though. I've been, I've been actually keeping a spreadsheet for the last couple of years of acquisition dates. Like when we acquire, like when they announce signings and the, who knows the contracts could be done way before that. Um, but even looking at last year's signings, we didn't sign Ordonez until February 17th. Nathan Dos Santos was February 18th. Uh, Ibar and Biazzi were late February. Jamali Waite wasn't until March 25th. Uh, did we announce that signing? So I think like it's interesting. I think Bob has this uh, pattern of waiting until kind of MLS camps let out and they kind of cut their last few folks. And then he goes in for uh, goes in for those players that didn't make it on rosters. I mean, even looking at the year before that, um, Shane Wheat didn't sign till April. Um, I think uh, I think some of the guys, Danny Griffin didn't sign till March. Albert Dequa didn't sign till March. And so I think it's Bob has this history of waiting until later in the offseason to make the signing. So I don't really expect anything different. But I think, like you said last week mike like you're wanting surprises at this point and they're not the hounds aren't cooperating for you at this point. <laughs> i was just about to say thanks justin for joining us on the show um you know you're welcome to leave now but then you turn around <laughs> and agree with me so that's fine um, you're good you're good to stay um but this actually this this sort of taps into uh you know one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on this week um i was listening to houndsy and they started talking about this uh Bob, this, this sort of look to potentially get younger as a team. And that got me thinking about when you look back at the history of this squad under Bob Lilly, historically, yes, we have brought in players late like that. Um, and a lot of them are sort of college guys or they're rookies in the league, but it got me thinking how often do rookies on the Hounds team make a meaningful contribution to the squad that year? 
that they are rookies for the team. We have a lot of guys that we know the names of that, you know, after a year or two, they're, they're making meaningful contributions. But if it's the case where a lot of our players this year are going to be like rookies and new to Bob's system, is that indicative at all of what we should expect on the field based on historical precedent? And so you found a few interesting things, Justin. What do you what do you got? Oh, also yeah, wait, yeah. just to clarify, when you you said like Riverhound rookie, right? Not like rookie rookie. I, I think it could be both, but sure. yes, um, yeah, I was yeah. thinking Riverhound. You're including rookie. both, but yeah, you're including the option yeah. for both. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the so the way that I worked it was college players. I didn't cool. oh, okay. I didn't that look at like yep. anybody pulled from different systems and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, I did some very unofficial research cause it's hard to find this information all the time. So I had to look up signing announcements really. And I just went through the rosters from the last, uh, since 2018, since Bob came around and like, looked to see like, who did he sign? They really didn't play professionally. Um, maybe they played in some of the summer MPSL leagues and things like that, but they didn't play like USL or USL leaving league one before coming, uh, to the hounds. So basically, over the last five years, you're looking at 25 players um, who Bob signed straight out of college. And the names are pretty, you know the names for, for a lot of them. Uh, Tommy V, Anthony Velarde, Danny Rivera, Robbie Mertz, Danny Griffin. So you know the names. They're, they're names that you would know. There's some that you don't. There's some that you probably cling up. Who in the world is that? Um, but basically, uh, when you look at over the course of their rookie seasons, um, eight of them have played more than a thousand minutes. Um, so you're looking at, uh, Tommy V played 3000 minutes his, his rookie year. Uh, Velarde played a thousand minutes. Uh, Mertz played almost 2000 minutes. Danny Griffin played 1200 minutes. Um, Tommy Williamson was alone, but he played over a thousand minutes his did uh, he really? Season. Yeah, he huh. played 1,034 minutes. Hmm. Uh, uh, Ordonez played 2,000 minutes last year, and Nathan Dos Santos played 1,400 minutes uh, last year as well. Um, and Jamali Waite played 1,800 minutes last year. So you're looking at guys, eight of them have played, you know, 1,000 minutes. Uh, two of them, uh, Van Kiesel and uh, Ordonez played over 2,000 minutes, so they're obviously backline center backs that have stepped right in and, and played almost every game. Um, so that's kind of what you're looking at. And I think like it is interesting because when you start looking at the river hounds current signing process where they sign everybody for a year plus one uh, of 12 of 25 have signed their second year contract. So they've picked up the option on 12 of those 25 um, and then four of them have played more than two years. So Tommy V was around for three. Um, Anthony Velarde was around for three. Danny Verrera has been around five. Uh, well, this will be his fifth year. Um, Danny Griffin played for three years. And then last year, what's interesting about last year is um, out of the six, he picked up six college players last year and he re-signed five of them or picked up the option on five of them. Um, so you're looking at Ordonez, Dos Santos, Ibarra, Biazzi, and Jamali Waite. Um, so I do think it's interesting. Bob's hitting on about, it feels like Bob's hitting on about half of his college players uh, as far as wanting to be around. So I think it's it's all interesting data, I think. So you're saying we shouldn't panic? In some ways, no. I mean, I think it's interesting because you look at some years and... Like 2020, they signed five players out of college, and the only one to get really any meaningful minutes was Danny Griffin. So it it didn't work that year, um, but it worked in 2022, and it worked in 2019. So there's been other years where it's worked. So I it's it's kind of a toss up of what you want to call meaningful minutes, and then what works and what doesn't. What it sounded like maybe around thirty percent of all of the rookie signings turned out to be meaningful contributions to the team. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. What I thought was in, what I what I'm wondering, and I started looking into a little bit, but I also realized it's hard because you get the COVID year 
that messed everything up that only had 16 games or whatever. But like, uh, I was trying to look to see like what happened in their second year. So like, Bilardi played a thousand minutes in his first year. What happened in his second year? Well, his second year was the COVID year, and he actually played less minutes because obviously there's only 16 games for him to actually appear in. Um, so it's hard to like kind of balance that out of like, well, what happened in their second year? But I think like Mertz is a good example. Played 1800 minutes his first, 1900 minutes his first year. I would guess he was probably over 2,000 minutes his second year in the league. Um, so it's it's hard to like balance all of that or just try to figure out like, well, are these players growing in their second year? Or are they taking a step back in their second year? Like what's even happening overall? I mean, I'd have to guess based on that list, you know, you mentioned players like Tommy V and Griffin and Mertz. And there are guys who clearly took step forwards, steps forward. There we go. In their second, third year. And then there's guys that, um, I don't want to say like stagnated, but I think we sort of had high hopes for that, uh, didn't necessarily materialize in the same way as some of those other guys. And so I think um, what will be interesting to see, I, you know, you look at last year and in terms of the the rookies that we got, um, Jamali Waite, we've sort of raved about him, but it felt like Bob wasn't clear on that until we were two thirds of the way through the season. And then he was getting the start all the time. Ordonez jumped right in and was was a center back. It felt like, running through and Dos Santos sort of quickly locked down the outside spot until he got injured. Um, so I think all of those guys were sort of excited to see come back. Ibarra sort of came in and out, Kev, I know after his heroics at uh, Birmingham in the, in the shootout, um, you're a big fan of his and I'm yep. not saying I'm not a fan of his, but um, he was used primarily as relief uh, late in games. So I, I don't know. I, I'll i be interested to sort of see what happens. But um, if we're relying, you know, if we have 11 players and we're relying primarily on, you know, rookies, uh, be it college or otherwise, to come in and fill the spots that have been vacated by players like Alex Dixon or Danny Griffin, then like you're hoping 30% of those hit and like actually do make a difference. Um which is, you know, a little bit concerning, but who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff regardless. So thanks, Justin, for doing that yeah. legwork. Um, my my biggest question, I was I was watching a, a video this weekend where they were breaking down why like Barcelona suddenly are good and like sort of how they set up their midfield. And it was talking about the pivot position and uh, Busquets. And it just got me thinking about how much we relied on Danny Griffin to play that pivot position the past few years. And like, what are we going to do now that he's not here? Like, are we going to, is it going to be Kenny? You're you're, you're leaning (laughs) in. You said we're going to be fine. All right. Why? I don't, I've never been big on Danny Griffin. And now that he's, (laughs) (laughs) I knew that's where this was going. I knew (laughs) it's, I, I, I'm like I knew you Friend were. Of the show, go ahead. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead. yeah. No, I don't know. I thought he. I thought he was a solid player, and sometimes solid's good if you have the right kind of like cast members around you. You know, sometimes you need a solid supporting actor, and that's great. Um, I think t- the problem was too often we relied on him to be the main star and I just, he's not a main star in the midfield. Um, and so I don't know, I get that, you know, he had all the minutes, Bob leaned on him all the time. He was reliable, didn't get hurt, played 90 minutes, you know, and all of that is extremely admirable. I just, he's fine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like just, sounds like I was just like he has a great personality, a very, <laughs> a very professional uh, player, a very professional. Got to yeah. admire that professionality. Yeah. <laughs> Deep breaths. Uh, um, I think you're dead wrong. <laughs> I think that like Busquets, he did a lot of the dirty work that just doesn't get noticed, and it's because. It's the he biggest cop out right answer right. ever. No, oh, yeah, he's doing a bunch of stuff that you just can't no, listen, see. You know, it, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. 
I would I I actually agree, Mike, because I yeah. there was a quote that I heard specifically about Busquets, uh, one time that was basically it was this idea of if you watch the whole field, you never notice Busquets, but if you watch Busquets, you see the whole game, and it was interesting just thinking about that from a defensive midfielder perspective. If you have a holding midfielder who can control the game then all of a sudden, if you're watching that player play the game, you see the whole game. I'm not sure. I, I I will get on Kevin's side for one second that I'm not sure that Danny Griffin is on the level of a Sergio Busquets. No. But I think that there's a reality of if you have a midfielder who can control the game, and that's where I would agree with Kevin. I'm not sure your defensive holding midfielder can be 5'7 or whatever Danny Griffin was. But I, that That's fair. fair. Yeah. But I feel like oh, listen, fair for Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's of true. course, of course. That's true. Um, no, and listen, there's a lot of positions that I think we could discuss as up for grabs. But it feels like so much runs through Bob's midfield, and who does that fall to now in terms of knowing his system, being able to run his system. And I mean, having Danny there would allowed Kenny Forbes to be pushed further up the field, allowed Robbie Mertz to be pushed further up the field. Kev, do you want Kenny Forbes being our pivot this year? I mean, you talk about how he, you know, doesn't necessarily, yeah, as you're shaking your head, like, no, maybe, I mean, close like, down it, speed and like things like that. And, and when it goes back to the system and everything. So, you know, like, do I want, do I want, do I want us to play a three midfield, like a Barcelona style three midfield position with one six as, as the pivot? And I want Kenny to be it. No, like, could I envision a system where we're like doing early Mourinho and we're playing like a four, two, three, one, and we have two sitting midfielders. One's a bit more creative. One's a bit more destructive and Kenny can be that more creative. Sure. I think it could work, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, can I make one comment? Uh, going back a little bit, you were talking about the goalkeeper situation and Bob's tendency with goalkeepers. I mean, I think we're forgetting John Bush, right? The new goalkeeper uh, coach. I, I can't imagine he's the one's deciding that now, right? Like, it's not going to be Bob telling him who to start. Like, you don't hire. Like, that was a pretty big signing, it seemed. And, like, you get him in as goalkeeper coach and then you have bob being like no i'm gonna switch it out today (laughs) i feel like that should be his decision now it should be but i mean we've had goalkeeper coaches the past four years and we've still done this so yeah i don't i don't know like i feel like it's it's a challenge to kind of compare the other situation the other years with this situation in the sense that um i think like the year you brought in Thomas Gomez and Danny Vitiello, you had a legitimate keeper situation on your hands. This year, you have a guy who started 21 games in the USL and nobody. <laughs> well, when so, those are your options, I'm pretty sure you go with the experienced player. So I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, will they, is you, are your other two keepers at this point? Are they just college players that you're bringing in to hopefully develop or think about developing and you're just starting the season with Jamali Waite? Or, do you is there a keeper cut from an MLS squad over the next you know month or two, and you're bringing in that guy to actually push weight? You know, I think that's when you have a legitimate conversation on your hands. And to be fair, in years past, we've always thought there was a main Clear keeper cut, yeah. going into the season. We're like, oh, this is our starting keeper. Then next thing you yeah. know, it's like he's sitting the bench for like the last part of the season. And you don't know why. So, yeah, or he tears his ACL. And well, there's that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is all like we we sort of put out the one uh, poll this week about I don't know I I think it's been five years and I'm starting to get more and more uncomfortable with the Riverhounds just equating to Bob Lilly. Like I think as a club we need to evolve beyond that because if if Bob you know God forsaken gets hit by a bus. Like we have nothing. We're back to square. There's nobody making decisions. There's nobody saying this is how we're going to play. There's nobody, uh, you know, helping with recruiting. Like I, I say this and Dan Visser sitting at home, like, hold on a second. Like, you know, Dan is there, but um, I'd love to see, you know, recruiting. I'd love to see, 
I'd like to see us become more than just one man. Um, and I'm just worried that we're just, you know, it, literally if something happened to Bob and Dan had to step in and take over, is this how he would want to do it in terms of recruiting players and waiting on things and, you know, relying on the eye test and all of that. So I don't know. We'll see. That's really rare though, because like I, I can't think of really hardly any clubs where I thought you say a, anybody getting hit by a bus. No, 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 no. no I'm saying like it's it's like going to like Premier League Everton right right now. Like we bring in a new manager, suddenly we, we completely change our style. And I feel like that's more common. Like it's like the manager dictates the the style the club sees. Now you could say like there's some hard like soft facts about a team like oh this is a uh hard-working you know club this is you know always admiring you know just hard-working players or something like that like he's usually something vague and kind of not meaningful when a club's like this is our style that's like okay it's whoever the manager is yes and no like i think i i totally agree with what you're saying you know i think the everton case is a prime example but um and, you know, Villa are going through the exact same thing now as well. But I think that when you look at at least USL clubs that we sort of admire, the Louisvilles, the Tampas, there are teams out West where you sort of have this rotating door of managers for whatever reason, but the club consistently performs at a high level. I have zero confidence that if Bob wasn't here, that we'd be, you know, anywhere close to the playoffs. Oh, uh, you're just... talking about money. Got it. Yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> have a lot of money, and therefore they get good players, and then they're always good. Well, uh, that's the mentality. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, one thing we will say about Danny Griffin, we got uh, confirmation today that he is officially playing for Nashville's MLS Next Pro Team in 2023. So. I think that's the first player that we know and have talked to that is maybe doing this MLS next pro thing. So best of luck to him on that. Um, hopefully he, you know, gets seen by Nashville, gets some minutes with their MLS team and makes it up to that. We've always said, if anybody ever leaves this team and goes to play for MLS, like, you know, more power to you um, and best of luck. What we hate to see is guys moving laterally to some other team, especially in the East that we then have to go and face them. So, um, yeah, best of luck to Danny. Um, definitely not coming back this year. So, guys, any other thoughts on, you know, the whole how we're building a team right now, sort of where this team is at uh, at this point in the preseason, anything like that? Can I go on one more tangent about preseason sure. stuff that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of sad to see this year? The Hounds are more professional this year. They actually have kits they give their trialists. So like there's no more looking at pictures and seeing shorts from like the the trialists previous club and figuring out where where they came from. Every picture we've seen has pretty much they've all have hounds gear on. It's like oh, come on. Like give me something here. <laughs> yeah. They they might have the you know the hounds logo from like four or five years ago on them. It's but still the hounds logo yeah, it's, it's not it's theirs. Yeah. yeah. And that that like I guess one thing I would wish to see it maybe we'll see it once we have in a non-behind closed door uh preseason match but like the, they're not giving out trialist names at all no like, even the not. media press releases and that kind of stuff like the media release that they usually hand out um or send out via email it says trialist blank yeah. <laughs> it's like we know there's like 20 guys trialing right now like give us names like what why are they hiding those names i don't get that because it's like why even have that on your media sheet if you're not going to tell anyone um, yeah i know shu he he's not doing the preseason spreadsheet this year because he's like what's the point like they're not like there's nothing i can put on in there so yeah yeah i got all excited the email from today was like oh with updated trialist info and i was like great and Click then there was nothing, nothing. it was blank so it does, you know, I, and this is a drum I know that Laura Allen likes to beat is it just, it makes me feel for the players um, because it's like, you're, you're coming to Pittsburgh on basically a hope and a prayer and like, we owe you nothing. And it's like, sure, we're going to go run you out against Columbus and we're going to do this. And then we might just cut you. And then like, if you can't find another team in the next few weeks, sorry, like you, you know, you were ours for a little bit and we just didn't want you. So yeah, it's tough. But that's life. You're laughing, Justin. No, no. I I mean I'm laughing because I'm I'm 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder. I want. I just wonder if we would bring back one or two more guys every year. How that would change our roster? Like if we were going into this point of the preseason with thirteen or fourteen players signed, um, you know how that would change our perspective. You know, right now we're looking at eleven players signed, uh, and it feels like little research that I did this week feels like that's where most teams start their off seasons as at eleven and we're not there yet, you know, or, I mean, we are, but like, we don't even have a full roster that we can put on the field yet. Um, so I think it's a challenge. You know, I, I just wonder how that would change things if we could start with a few more players, but um, yeah, well, I mean, well, I feel wait, like, do, do you agree that like, are you, I don't want to say discouraged by it, or do you think we're being too dramatic? Do you think I'm being too dramatic about all of this? Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Um, I'm kind of in between, right? Because we haven't won a championship yet and we haven't been to a conference final yet. And so I'm, I'm discouraged in the sense that it's like, can we get there and what do we need to do differently to get there? Uh, if, if we're not there yet, like what do we need to do differently to get there? So I'm discouraged in that sense. I'm also on the very much on the train of Bob has got us to the playoffs five years in a row now, one of only what two teams to do that in the last five years. And so I'm like only one team can win the championship. So like not every team can win every year. So it's like, okay, that we're not winning the championship, but it's just like, okay, well, what do we need to do different to get past this kind of hill that we keep dying on? Yeah. Uh, so I, it's it's kind of encouraging in the sense that okay, like we've been here every off season that we've been in so far uh, with Bob. So like I'm not surprised, but like I don't know, is this the right thing? Are we just going to end up where we ended up last year? I think this was discussed in like previous years um, around preseason time. But do you think that this is? I mean, and, you know, there's no way we can know this. Because even if they said it out loud, it's like whether or not you believe them or not is interesting. But um, do you think these decisions are made for financial reasons to try to save money? Or do you think it's for Bob's like, no, it money is not a thing here. And it's purely for me to, he believes it's a method to acquire better talent over the long run before the season starts. I mean, talking to Bob in the past, he's definitely said stuff where like he knows or in his mind, he knows what a player is worth money wise. And he is not willing to budge on paying a player more than what he thinks that player is worth. He would rather see a, a good player go who's asking for way too much and, and be like, yeah, have another team pay that. I can get two players for that price and they'd be you know, good or like do what I need them to do. So like, I, I do think there is a value assessment with Bob and I don't, I don't know if it is required. Like, I don't know if it's a situation where he's like, I need to do this because I don't have the budget or if it's just Bob being kind of like, Nope, this player's not worth that much money. I'm not paying it. And that's right. just the way he is. And it's just, it's just like, you wonder if you're like, all right, Bob, like, overpay for three players and we get to a final <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like if it's I, it's if it's never that simple but like yeah. you know it, it you know and and he would say that i mean like he said in the past it's like it's not that he's paying for a player or not willing to pay that price because he's not willing to get the quality he just thinks that he can get better quality for a better price if he does it the way he's been doing it this whole time so right. yeah yeah I don't, it's, it's frustrating for me because it's not, it's not about the quality of player. Like I don't, I'm never going to expect Bob to go get Sebastian Gonzati. Like that's, it's not going to happen. Bob's not going to splurge on that type of player. So I'm not sitting here going, oh man, I wish Bob would go get Sebastian Gonzati this year. Um, I just wish he would keep maybe one or two more players around every year just to build the consistency across the year. I actually, like, the research that I did this week was just seeing how many players successful teams bring back. And the average, if you look, I did six teams. So I did Louisville, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Sacramento, Phoenix, and San Antonio. So three teams from East, three teams from West, fairly successful teams. The average, like, over the last five years, Louisville has averaged bringing back 16 players every year. 
Tampa has averaged 11 players. Pittsburgh is at 8.6. Sacramento <laughs> has brought back 11. Phoenix has brought back 12. San Antonio has brought back 10. And so I'm just wondering, like, year over year, the consistency of how do you build a roster and how do you build consistency in the team? And so I'm interested to see, like, even this this group of players from last year, six players, he brought back five of them for this year. How many of them make it past this second year contract? Like, did, do any of them sign another one-and-one one for next year? And so I'm wondering, just like, is that – are we going to see more Danny Rivera's who are sticking around three, four, five years, or are we going to continue to see people in for two years and out, two years and out, two years and out? And so – I'm just wondering if that's the case. Now, I don't know. I don't know if that makes us more successful. And I know we're never going to be Louisville and bring back 16 players year over year. Um, but I think part of this is just Bob's tinkering mindset. Like, he just wants to tinker with the team. He's like, I've done Alex Dixon for two years. Now give me somebody <laughs> else to tinker with. And I think what's tough there, too, is we – constantly hear about how difficult Bob's system is to play and how they're constantly rotating and changing systems mid-game and things like that. And so to have a few more guys that at least have it, or maybe it's the case that it's so complex that like guys can't figure it out. And so he just cuts them loose. But I, yeah, like just a little bit more of a base. Um, Kev, I, don't, back I, to the I, I don't have any evidence for this, but do you guys really, really believe Bob's system is like significantly more difficult to play than any other system in the U.S.? I don't know if I believe that. I think Bob makes the players know exactly what he wants from them. And like, I, I, so I don't think it's hard. I think it's, you know, exactly what you need to be doing in Bob's system because Bob will, will tell you yeah. repeatedly what you need to be doing. During in the system. game. Yeah. You move your like left foot times. here and then your yeah. right foot here. Yeah. It, yeah. If anything, it's the opposite. It, it's people feel or players feeling like they just don't, mesh with his system and like they're not allowed to be more creative outside of that like they're they can't bring their own to it because it's like bob's like no this is what you're going to do and if you're not going to do it you're not going to play so like yeah. and i'm not saying that's wrong because it, it's working for him um but yeah i do wonder if it's it's more the consistency and less of the the system uh that's causing issues yeah i don't think i don't think bob's system is any more complicated than any of the other successful teams in the usl I would say probably some of the less successful teams who do a lot more route one, dump and chase type stuff. Like it's not, I don't know, his system's more complex than that. But I don't know that looking at Louisville's system or Phoenix's system, I don't know that our system is any more complex than either of theirs. Just real quick, and then we'll move on to this next point. Um, I forget who it was online, so I apologize. But I had posted uh, something on Twitter about uh, the difference in our preseason schedule versus Louisville's and how it's almost like night and day, sort of like two different leagues. And the point that was made was, you know, one team is just perennially expecting to be in the championship and has sort of like the funding to be there. And the other one is perennially make it to the playoffs where it's a one and one or a one and done game and anything can happen. And so that very much feels like the approach in Pittsburgh is not let's build a team that we know is like the best team in the league, but let's build a team that's going to get you to the playoffs because then everybody's got a shot and we're just going to hope and pray that like we can take, you know, we can get hot and make it happen. And so whether that comes down to money or whether that comes down to coaching philosophy I don't know, but you know, when, once that was pointed out, I was like, yeah, that does kind of feel like what we're doing here. Like you, you sort of hang around, you get to the playoffs and then sometimes you flame out in the first round. Sometimes you get to the second, we haven't gotten beyond that. So I don't really know what the alternative is, but that's kind of where we're at. So yeah. Okay. Anything else on this topic guys, before we move on, we got a couple of other things to sort of talk through here. U.S. John Morrissey said he's hovering over the panic button. Oh, really? About the For, hounds. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we he need has to get him on this preseason too. So project wealth in the East. And he's I mean, but I mean, with what we have button. signed, how else would you rate us? Like, I, I feel like this is a way too early rating. Like, wait it until is. the preseason's over and then rate us. He said that when I questioned him on it. So yeah, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to point out is uh, we're going to, tr- so Josh, I know you've been mentioning it sort of off and on about uh, everything that's going on at Twitter, um, whether you feel like Twitter is going down or not or whatever. Um, I think that it's important that we at least have some contingency plans in place. So uh, there have been some discussions of like, if all of a sudden you wake up and Twitter doesn't work anymore, like where are people going to find us and how are we going to continue this conversation? And so, um, yes, Kev, I did seemingly hit the panic button months ago. Thank you for sharing that in our private chat. Anyway, um, so uh, one of the things that we're, we're going to try doing is we already have these videos uh, that we do of the show on YouTube. And, you know, Justin, you've been doing, you did all the preseason stuff or the pregame stuff last season. We put that on YouTube. Um, Steve has been going to some of the preseason training stuff and he's been doing player interviews. We put that on YouTube. We now have the ability to do posts and polls and all sorts of stuff on YouTube. So I think that we're going to start doing both things on YouTube and Twitter. So if all of a sudden Twitter goes kaput, you can find all the same stuff over at YouTube. Um, one of the things that we're going to try to do to incentivize people to jump over to YouTube. And actually, if you, if you access YouTube on your phone, it very much works like a social media site. It's almost getting scary with like posts and polls and comments. And like, it's feeling a lot less than just videos. Um, but we're going to introduce a new game this year. Uh, and there's a pretty lucrative prize at the end of it if you participate. So every game uh, last year, the year before that, we always finish the show by giving our score predictions, and it always means absolutely nothing, and we're always picking the Hounds to win, regardless of who they're playing, because that's just how we are. Well, I think we need to put a little bit more into this, and so what we're going to do is we're going to do an official pick'em game, and everybody who is listening is welcome to play as well. And so the idea is before every game, and we'll sort of set a deadline, we'll, we'll make the deadline announcement um, before each game. Um, we want you to go to YouTube, uh, find the video for that episode, and leave a comment with your score prediction. Every score prediction that you get correct, so points like, you know, final score correct, you get three points. If you pick the correct winner, you get one point. Otherwise, you get zero points for the week. Whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins. And the prize we're giving away is season tickets to the Steel Army section for 2024. So there's actually like something legit here. Okay. Um, One of the things that I'm contemplating, and I'm going to put this up as a poll on YouTube. So go over to our YouTube channel. Um, if you subscribe to us and you go to your subscriber section, like the polls will typically appear right at the top. All they sort of sort things uh, as, as they come in. I'm debating about whether or not we should say that uh, supporters of our show. So those who sort of pay $10 to be supporters of the show for this year. If we then up it and say the winner gets two season tickets to the Steel Army section for 2024. So I'm going to put a poll out there. And uh, I'm going to ask, you know, would you be interested in participating in this for $10? And if so, we can up that to potentially two, basically a pair of season tickets for the Steel Army section for 2024 for whoever wins this. So, Kev, I know you can't go to the games, but what are your thoughts on this format and and Uh, holding your feet to the fire? I think it's great. I I don't know. I'm guessing you're the one behind the scenes uh, recording all of the results. But yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) no surprise. It's your job. Uh, Yeah, actually, don't like the idea at all. Yeah, really bad idea. Um, Yeah, I think it's awesome. And we'll do updates on the show every week, sort of like who's leading and how many points, and so everyone has a sense of what to expect. And you don't have to join by the first week because obviously you can catch up. But this way. You know, we won't always have the homer pick of all of us saying like, hounds are going to win like, you know, 10, nothing like that's that you're not going to get those anymore. Um, I mean, we can't win the prize. So I, I feel like we should I can do, say whatever I want. <laughs> something negative or something like that for like whoever uh, loses the people who lose. Like uh, we'll, we'll have to come up with something because right maybe now there's no there's no skin in the game for us still. Like maybe, Kevin's still yeah. going to be like, well, I actually think both teams could win or lose or like whatever tangent he'll go off on and be like not answering the question. That's still going to happen right now. Maybe that's part of the fun for us is like just to try to play head games with people. So they'll be like, which one do you actually believe and who's actually telling the truth so 
Yeah. Um, and as as Liz said in the chat, and we know Mike isn't picking the Hounds any week. Um, that's not true, Liz. That's not Rump. true. Um, I will say, though, uh, I feel like we just sort of roll over Birmingham every year. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen this year. So, um, But yeah, head over to uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, it's just uh, youtube.com backslash Mongols. Um, subscribe. Take the poll about whether or not you think we should do a pair of season tickets or just one and then take part in the game all season. And uh, somebody's going to be happy at the end of 2023 one way or another. So any How, what do you, questions what do you on think, any of that? Like, what do you think like the winning point total will be? Ooh. Yes. In the range. How many how many games are there in a season? Like 30 some? I don't know. I'm trying to think of this season, but I think it's around 35, yeah. So 35 oh. games. Somebody's not going to get it perfect. Like you're not going to have a score of like 90. Jeez, if we do, so, they're like they're some omnipotent, you know, insane let's say, person. Yeah, it's amazing. Let's say somebody gets really lucky and out of those 35 they pick eight scores correctly. That feels high to me. That's very high. That very but high. that would be like 24 points right there and then that leaves what 27 up for grabs and you figure i don't know they get half of those it's a winner right and half of those yeah yeah so what what is that that's like 13 added to what was the first number i said 16 yeah i think 24 so 24 yeah yeah. (laughs) you said 24 first so Oh, did uh, I? Oh, okay. Just, just yeah. his voice was just so like twenty-four. You idiot! Like, <laughs> One of us was listening to him. That's not what I meant, but it might have been how it came. So forty points, maybe. I'm saying winner gets like around thirty-two. Okay, that sounds good. Thirty, thirty-two, somewhere around there. Yeah. Justin, what do you think? It also depends on how many people actually play. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah. And you got to compete you got to compete all season. Let's put it that way too. So if like you play 10 games and then everyone gives up, nobody gets tickets. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it yeah, I think it's hard cuz like I don't know how many like think about how many times you get the winner right, but you're nowhere close on the score. So, I think I think it could be there could be a chance that it could be 20s cuz no one's getting the score True. right every week and so yeah. It could be in the mid 20s or so we'll have to come up with a fun tiebreaker too because like what if it comes down to the end and there's two people that have the same score we could have them like somehow trivia like like literally like battle live on the show and like we just do it live and yeah that could be fun we'll think about it but anyway it all starts like i said go to youtube subscribe take the poll well it should be there now i'll just say now it's not there right now for those of you watching (laughs) live but it'll be there by uh tuesday morning so yeah check it out um guys the hounds have another preseason home game i shouldn't say home another home preseason home game this weekend uh so saturday high mark 4 p.m the game is open to the public general mission free all of that um you know this is going to be the hounds fans real first chance to sort of see who's on the field it sounds like if we're guessing because we've got nothing else to go by you're probably going to see a lot of trialists you're going to be a lot of like guessing uh who is that player and trying to figure stuff out um i don't know josh are you planning on going at all uh no i'm actually going to be uh in the middle of a uh a movie marathon of the mummy series. <laughs> wow. I watched that for the first time, like a couple months ago. Yeah. Are, are we, are we talking about like the, the, the Brendan Brendan Fraser? Fraser? Yes. Mummy? Okay, good. I'm making sure. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, I will be watching those movies. Uh, this was a movie marathon that we planned before. I think we had the hound schedule. So, uh, <laughs> fair enough. Nice. Fair enough. Um, I contemplated coming in for the game. We'll see if it actually happens. There's a few other things that have to like fall right for the kids this week. And if we're free, then they've been itching to come in and just have like a Pittsburgh day. So we're going to, we're coming in for the home opener. We'll be there for that. Um, as is Justin and Laura Ellen. So that'll be fun. Um, but uh, yeah. So, yeah. So if you have nothing going on Saturday, hi Mark 4 PM, it's free to get in, go check it out, share your thoughts all that fun stuff. Josh, there's an AGM uh, coming up. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, it's going to be on the last uh, preseason game against uh, Louisville, March 4th. Uh, we're having it at 12 p.m. The game's at 2. Uh, we have a couple uh, members to vote on to come in. We'll have our Steel Army membership packages available for the first time with the uh, the scarf that we just announced today check out the steel army twitter accounts to uh, check great. that out it's pretty sweet it's like a punk theme uh the back has actually uh, a lyric from anti-flag uh big punk band in pittsburgh uh on and on we sing our songs thought that was pretty appropriate for the steel army so uh yeah it uh, looks awesome i'm super excited for it and then we also have i think our third item is well i know our third item is a little lanyard like a steel army lanyard the wrist kind, like not the really long ones, but like, yeah, the ones that most people have on their keychains nowadays. So, yeah, it's uh, looking good. I'm excited for the season to start and the memberships looks great. And yeah, come on down. Check it out. Awesome. 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 Um, last little bit that we'll just share, uh, you know, maybe a few hours before we went live here. The Hounds announced their home game experiences. And so there's a whole litany. I mean, this is this is clear effort of uh of new president jeff and sort of all the things that he's bringing to encourage more people to get into the stands so it all kicks off at the home opener with a post-match laser show um which will be very interesting to see and that's not the only one i think we're do they're doing that again in july mm -hmm. um along with one dollar beers in july so that's great there's a number of pittsburgh celebrity appearances which we'll see what that means um a couple of uh national touring groups at halftime which i thought originally were bands and we clarified are not bands um <laughs> but fun nonetheless so uh yeah the the team's pulling out all the stops to really encourage people to get down to pretty much every home game there's something going on in addition to play on the field so um josh anything from that list that either caught you by surprise or you're excited about there is one of the giveaways is going to be replica high marks like the stadium uh and i need one of those and i think another one's going to be uh ammo uh bobbleheads also Ooh. need one of those yeah. so I, i'm excited for those i'm not gonna lie uh i usually like the giveaways that they do at the beginning where you come in I'm like oh cool another extra extra large white t-shirt with the hounds logo on it that's <laughs> what i wanted but no this, this sounds pretty sweet so i'm, I'm excited for that um but yeah, and then it, it seems packed, but when you look at the list, it's actually a lot of stuff that's kind of like either before the game or like after the game. It's not really a theme night. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were concerned that we're going to have like a whole bunch of themes where it's like, oh, whatever, like kind of like minor league baseball themes. But it, it doesn't look too bad. I'm wondering about the post-game uh, laser show. I can't wait to watch Bob yelling at players while the lasers are going <laughs> off around them. So that's going to be interesting. The, the laser show is actually like Bob's <laughs> whiteboard, like showing them where they should have been just on the field. Yeah. Uh, and then they're bringing back $1 beer nights, which is also great to see. Um, so pregame $1 beers. I'm wondering if they're going to go with the Dixie cups again, or if we're going to get like, a little bit bigger. Like that's, that's always the question with $1 beers. You gotta be careful. They got to see like how many ounces is that beer? That's, yeah. that's important information. Yeah. But again, kudos to the team. I am curious. I saw the replica Highmark Stadium and I'm like, are those like porcelain? Like, what are those made of? And you're going to give those to people as they're walking in the stands? Like, hopefully they don't end up on the field or. Uh, I, I feel like that's something you actually hold on to. It's not like the little soccer balls that uh, the Legion gave out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to give out little soccer balls because then if they get angry, they can just throw them on the field. That's that's a bad idea. But yeah. Yeah. And we're 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 not known for throwing stuff on the field anyway. Of so, course. Uh, so yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, short of any player announcements, which we did put a poll up in uh, on YouTube asking when people think they will announce a player signing. Uh, the majority of people said sometime this week. I'm not holding my breath. Like <laughs> if we get someone great, Justin shaking his head. So yeah. We'll see. If you if you had to bet, Justin, when would you say that we're going to get a, an announcement on a player signing? Uh, after Valentine's Day, so it's Ooh. not going to be until it's not going to be another week. It, it'll it'll be another week and a half. Bob needs when, to I was going to say when, when is Valentine's Day? That like two <laughs> Monday. weeks from now? Next month. Next next okay. next Tuesday. So we're not that far away. But I think it's going to be another. You know, needs to see another preseason game, uh, maybe two, and then he'll he'll make some decisions. Kev, do you agree? Yes. Convincing. <laughs> yeah, Josh. 
Do you think we'll see one before Valentine's Day? Uh, I'm not getting my hopes up. Like, uh, I yeah, just because of everything we talked about earlier, it doesn't sound like it's probable. So don't count on it. Be pleasantly surprised if it happens. But don't panic if it doesn't happen because, you know, it's it's going to be late and we're going to find out what our team is when we find out what our team is. Here, Here's my bet. I think if if we do hear something this week, it's going to be a former pit player that Bob has like watched extensively play all last season and already know about. And it's not going to be somebody new that came in and just wowed them in the first few weeks. So this is totally right though. They they're going to sign like two players this week just to spite us. Cause we said this on the podcast, Good. Gonna listen to it and be like, <laughs> Good. Oh, no, not fine. That. Yeah, please <laughs> you got us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I my I, I want a t-shirt that just says prove us wrong. Like, please, I, I'm down on the team. I have all of these, you know, drudgeries about what's gonna happen. This I prove me wrong. I will happily eat crow if the, if we go on and win the championship this year. Like and then on the it. back it says in Bob we trust. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a reversible, yeah, right. it's a reversible uh yeah, 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 yeah. you can exactly. wear it either way. Flip it However you're feeling that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about in this one? We're good. All right. Well, thank you gentlemen for joining us tonight. Um, I'm assuming we'll be back next week. Maybe talking about a player signing. Maybe not. We'll probably talk about the preseason game and see how it went. Um, but otherwise, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate it. And, uh, I'm not in like reading out the uh, the finale or the, go to the clothing. Yeah, go, go to, to YouTube. YouTube go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Subscribe um, and take the poll to let us know. Hit if that you like would button. Hey, like and subscribe, yo. Um, like and subscribe, yeah, right. yeah. Um, but no, do do vote on the poll about would you be interested in being a supporter for ten dollars and potentially winning two season tickets. So um, yeah, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you very very soon. Cheers. Later.